Well, today we're continuing with our message series, Praying the Psalms. Now, the Psalms were written to teach us how to build our relationship with the Lord through prayer. That's why we're calling this Praying the Psalms. The Psalms cover a myriad of life situations, both good and bad, all of in which we can draw closer to God. Now, the Psalms were not meant simply to be read, although, of course, we should read them, but they are meant to be prayed back to God. Now, that doesn't mean that we can only pray the Psalms, but it, but it means that the Psalms can expand and strengthen our prayers in every situation. In situations in which we find ourselves which seem good, we need the reminder of the psalmist to remember to give thanks. In some bad situations, we need the hope of the psalms to encourage us to pray to a God who can deliver us. Today our topic is prayers of worship. Now there is a section in the psalms of 15 psalms from Psalm 102 to 134, which are described as psalms or songs of ascent. You'll see the heading in your Bibles. And these songs were sung or prayed together as the Israelites went up to Jerusalem. That's what it's talking about, the ascent. Went up to Jerusalem to celebrate various sacred feasts. And so these psalms of ascent were designed to be a preparation for worship. A preparation of hearts and spirits to worship God and experience His presence. Now, why do we need to prepare to worship? Well, many things can distract us. Many things can cause us to not want to worship the Lord. And when we come together to worship as a church family, it's important to prepare our hearts beforehand in prayer. The more that we prepare to meet God in worship, the more He will bless us with His presence. Two people can be in the same worship service. One will be blessed and drawn closer to God and the other thinking the whole thing was kind of boring. What's the difference? Well, the person that was blessed prepared their heart beforehand. They came to worship expecting to meet God. Expecting to experience Him. Preparation for worship is, a, is an expression of faith. That as we draw near to God, God will draw near to us. As we draw near to God, God will bless us. So I'd like us to watch a short video to introduce us to the first Psalm of Ascent that we're going to be looking at this morning. It's simply called Psalm 121, a Psalm of Ascent.
Let's just pray a short prayer before we begin to dig into some Psalms of Ascent. Lord, we ask that you prepare our hearts to receive your word this morning. We pray that we would receive the word as the very word of God that can equip us, that can inform us, that can encourage us and empower us and make us more like Jesus. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. First Psalm that we're going to be working, looking at is Psalm 121, and the main topic is, the, is to trust in God's protection. A Psalm begins in verse 1 and says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And so the psalm begins with a writer lifting up his eyes to God's creation, to the hills, the mountains, and asking, where does his help come from? But his help does not come from creation, as magnificent as it may be. His help comes from the Lord, who is not created. He is the creator of heaven above and earth below. There was no one more powerful, no one more able to help us than the Lord, the creator of everything. And so these first two verses are a confession that we can pray back to God no matter what situation we find ourselves in, that God is our helper. Verse 3 goes on to say, He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Now in this verse, a unique Hebrew word, shamar, is translated as he who keeps you. Shamar translates the word keep. And shamar means to guard, it means to protect, or to watch. Now some translations use the word watch, which, which really is a rather passive meaning in English. I'm just watching you. The word shamar means that God is not just simply watching us, He's actively guarding us, He's actively protecting us. And God is not like a person who sleeps and cannot keep you at that time. No, God never sleeps. He's always alert. He always is there to keep watch over us. He keeps us so that our foot does not slip on a path that we're walking along so we don't fall. Now this section of the psalm is a prophetic word telling us what God will do to keep us. And we can pray it back to God simply by Replacing your with my. For example, he will not let my foot to be moved. He will not allow my foot to slip. God, thank you that you will not let me stumble. Moving on to verse 5, it says, The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. And so here we see the Lord referred to as a keeper, he is the one who keeps us safe. He protects us from being attacked during the day, the time of the sun, or during the night, the time of the moon. Now the image here is of the Lord projecting a shadow at our right hand that guards us from being struck down by evil. We are safe under the shadow of his wings. His shadow protects us. Verse 7, it says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And so these are the concluding verses of this short psalm. Again, speaking of His keeping power. The Lord will first keep us from all evil. Guard us, protect us. That's comprehensive security. The Lord will keep your life. 
when you are under the keeping power of the Lord, you will not die one minute before His time for you to go. The keeping power of the Lord is over His people for eternity, keeping us in this life and right on through to life everlasting. We prepare for worship by trusting God's protection. Now, how does trusting God's protection prepare us for worship? Well, when we aren't trusting God to protect, our hearts are filled with worry. They're filled with anxiety. They're filled with fear. Our minds are consumed with the problems and the difficulties in our lives. And those things loom larger in our thoughts than the creator of the entire universe. Something's not right there. So how, how can we get out of the worry and fear that our minds may be stuck on? Well, one way is to begin to meditate on, on Psalm 121. Pray it aloud back to God. Choose to focus yourself. Choose to focus your mind on the awesomeness of the Creator who has promised to keep you. And the day that you're in and tomorrow, the day after that, and forever. And as you make a choice to believe the truth of God's Word, as you choose to trust in God's protection over your life, you will begin to experience His peace in a new way and you will be, have your heart prepared for worship. The second principle we're going to learn from Psalm 122, the next psalm, is to rejoice in God's presence. The psalm begins in verse 1 and says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. And so the focus of this psalm of, of ascent is is joy in coming to the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord was the place where the presence of the Lord dwelt above the Ark of the Covenant. And so this psalm reflects a seeking after the presence of the Lord where the people of God could rejoice together. Psalm continues in verse 3. It says, Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together. Now Psalm 122 was written by David, it says. Jerusalem and David's time was not a large city. There was no temple there. The Ark of the Covenant was housed in a tent. And yet Jerusalem is often referred to in the Psalms as Mount Zion, a, a city unified in the worship of the Lord. The people of Jerusalem were bound firmly together. There were no divisions among them. They were, they were unified. David continues in verse 6, he says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. And so David encourages the reader to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And that is the place where God's presence dwelt. And so we are to pray that it would be safe from attackers both within and without. He prayed to the Lord for the security of those who love God. That in the presence of the Lord there would be peace and security. The psalm concludes in verse 8 and 9. It says, For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. And so this desire for the peace of Jerusalem is for the sake of other believers and for the sake of the house of the Lord. And so David ends this psalm by committing to seek the good or prosperity of the city where God's presence dwelt. 
And so we prepare for worship by rejoicing, anticipating God's presence. Now, what does this mean for us today? Well, in the New Testament, God speaks of a heavenly Jerusalem or a, a Mount Zion called the city of the living God. And this heavenly place is the place where God's presence dwells. Now, we can individually come into God's presence, but we also come into God's presence with other believers as we worship together in the church. And so we should look forward with anticipation to being together in God's presence. We pray for, we seek peace and unity within the church family. We also pray for the leaders of our land that they would enable us to lead peaceful and godly lives in the presence of the Lord. Another description of the heavenly Jerusalem in the New Testament is that of the kingdom of God, which is the place where God's presence is, God's authority is as well. We are not to worry about or to seek after meeting our own needs in life. That leads to worry, anxiety, and fear. Rather, we are to seek first His kingdom and the good of His presence. Then and only then does God promise to meet our needs, all of our needs in our personal lives. He will keep us under the shadow of His wings as we put Him first in our lives. The goal of our lives is not to be about ourselves, but about the peace and the growth of the house of the Lord. And as we make that our goal, God will bring His blessing into our lives and we can rejoice in His presence. A third principle we're going to learn from these Psalms of Ascent in Psalm 130 is to hope in the Lord. This psalm begins and says, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let my ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. And so this last sum of ascent that we're going to be looking at this morning is, is quite different. It begins with a heartfelt cry out to the Lord for mercy. And we're going to see as we go through this psalm that this cry for mercy is a result of sin in the psalmist's life. As these ascent psalms are preparation for worship, the dealing with sin in our lives is an essential aspect of this preparation. Verse 3 goes on to say, If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. And so the wonderful thing about the Lord is that our sin is not the end of the story. If our sins doomed us to remain always outside of God's presence, then none of us would have any hope. And yet there is forgiveness available with the Lord for those who repent and turn back towards Him. And the end result of forgiveness is the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of all wisdom. The psalm continues in verse 5 and says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in His word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. And so in these final verses of this psalm, we are introduced to the concept of waiting on the Lord. In ancient cities, watchmen were stationed on the city walls to keep watch over the city during the night. And these watchmen waited through the danger of the night for the morning light with anticipation, with joy, when the sun rose and began to shine once more. 
And what do we wait for the Lord for? We wait on the Lord for Him to speak to us. We wait on the Lord for the answers to our prayers. We wait on the Lord for His presence in our lives. The psalmist says that as he waits on the Lord, he hopes in the word of the Lord. It brings him hope that his waiting will not be in vain, that he will not be frustrated. Verse 7 and 8, O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. And so finally here, there is a call in this psalm for Israel to put their hope in the Lord. The Lord brings steadfast love and redemption from all of our sins. And so we see the close relationship between waiting on the Lord and putting our hope in Him and His Word. We wait on the Lord in the confidence that He will hear us, that He will come and visit us with His presence. Our hope is that Waiting on the Lord will not be in vain. He will come. He will speak to us. He will show us His love. And so we prepare for worship by hoping in the Lord. Now, unfortunately, in our day, the concept of waiting for anything has a negative aspect. If we have to wait for something, something is wrong. We want what we want, and we want it right now, immediately. Now, if you've been a believer for a while, you'll know from personal experience that God doesn't immediately answer every prayer that we pray. He isn't our servant. He doesn't respond when we snap our fingers. Many of the good things that God has for us in life are things that He requires us to wait on Him for. How can we grow in waiting on the Lord? We have to have the hope that God will honor our waiting on Him. And will answer us in His time and His way. Which will be the best of all answers. Waiting on the Lord does not mean simply sitting and waiting in silence. It could mean that. But it also means reaching out to God in prayer. And keeping on praying until the answer comes. Sometimes to wait on the Lord is to simply wait on Him to speak to us. Sometimes we may need an answer or wisdom for a particular situation. At other times, we simply want to talk to Him. We want to hear Him speak to us, and we want to converse back with Him. To wait on the Lord is to seek Him with the hope that we will find Him, as His Word promises. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. We prepare for worship by seeking forgiveness and waiting on the Lord. And so today we've looked at three different psalms of ascent as preparation for worship. First of all, we put our trust in God's protection, believing that He will keep and guard every aspect of our lives. By trusting in His protection, we put aside all worry, all anxiety, all fear. Next, we joyfully anticipate coming into God's presence, either by ourselves in our quiet time each day or with our entire church family. We pray for the peace and unity of our church and for the church around the world. And finally, we put our hope in the Lord. We choose to wait on Him. We choose to seek to know Him better, to hear from Him, to receive His answers to our prayers. We put, in, we put our hope in the Lord to forgive our sins, 
and restore us to His presence. And as we meditate on and pray these psalms, we prepare ourselves to worship and experience more of God's presence in each of our lives. To become a true worshiper of God, one must commit one's life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now to do that takes three steps. And I want to give you an opportunity for everyone who's listening this morning to do this if you haven't done it before. Or perhaps to recommit your life if you feel like you've strayed away from your commitment to the Lord. The three steps are first of all to admit that you've sinned. That you've done wrong. To repent, to turn away from that sin and turn in faith to God. To believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid the penalty for your sin, that you might be forgiven. Believe in Him. Ask for His forgiveness. Invite Him into your life. And finally, see, commit yourself to following Jesus Christ, who's alive today. He rose from the dead, to following Him as your Lord and Savior. So let's pray right now, and I'd encourage you to pray along with me. Father, today I admit that I've sinned, I've done wrong things, and I repent. I turn away from those sins. And I put my faith in you. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross that my sins might be forgiven. I believe he rose from the dead three days later. I invite him into my life. I commit myself to following him and his word as my Lord and Savior all my days. And for those of us who are believers as, as well, let's pray Together, Father, we thank you for your word that prepares us to come into and live in your presence. We thank you for these psalms of ascent written thousands of years ago by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that still speak to us today. Forgive us for the times that we've not taken the time and effort to prepare to meet with you. Today, we acknowledge that we we trust in your protection for all of our lives. We put aside all worry, we put aside all anxiety, we put aside all fear, and we put our trust in you to keep and guard us. We can't keep and guard ourselves, but you can do it. And we choose to rejoice and look forward to our times of coming into your presence in our church family. We pray for peace in our church and in your church around the world. We pray for peace in our country so that your church can continue to grow. We choose to put your kingdom first in our lives and trust you to meet our needs. And finally, we choose to wait on you and put our hope in you. We thank you, God, for your daily forgiveness. And we will gladly wait for your presence. May you bless each person and family who's watching today in a special way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've made a commitment or recommitment of your life today, watching this message, we'd encourage you to let us know so that you, we can pray for you. Uh, you can make a comment in the video. You can contact our church on our website, lifechurchstlouis.org, uh, calling us on the phone. 636-529-0700 uh, or contacting us on our Facebook page. We'd 
love to pray for you. We have some materials uh, that would be helpful for you in your walk with God. And we also invite you to join us on Sunday mornings, if you can, at 10 a.m. Our service uh, is there every Sunday, as well as being streamed live uh, on, on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Our address is 15036 Clayton Road in Chesterfield. Uh, we're an easy drive from the, most of the St. Louis metro area. We encourage you, invite you to visit us next Sunday. God bless. Have a great week.